Hello and welcome to your Our Society podcast. This is the first episode, hopefully one of many. The reason that I wanted to do this was for me to get some information across to you in a way that you can listen to whilst you're multitasking, walking, training with the kids, whatever it is that you may be doing. I'm going to try and keep them to around 15 to 20 minutes long, just little bite-sized podcasts. And the subjects tend to be things that I either get asked on lives or maybe something that you've put in the group, things that I think are going to be useful. So we're kicking off today with a little mini series around supplements. Um, I get asked quite a lot about supplements, which are the best ones to use, which are kind of bullshit, which is probably most of them, uh, the reasons why you might take them and how much you might take. So I'm going to start today with some of the key supplements that are A, evidence-based, and B, that I would recommend that you take and the reasons why. Next week, I'll move into some kind of specialist supplements, things that you might want to consider, whether it's for uh, menstrual cramps or periods or PCOS or sleep deprivation, whatever it is, Um, but today I'm going to keep it very generic and go through the kind of key supplements that you'll probably hear, heard of or hear thrown around. So I'm going to start with protein. So protein powder to be specific and you probably heard it called whey. Now whey isn't actually a supplement, it is just a powdered food. Um, So it's an offcut of milk, the way that it's processed it is then powdered so think of it as just a convenience food that's all it really is it's not a supplement um the reason why you may have some protein and some whey in your diet might be that you're struggling with getting it in through your diet through actual eating it in meals it might be that it's just convenient for you if you're on the go a lot whether it's in the morning or after you've trained um, but it's not something that has to be taken or something that you should stress over. It might just be an extra expense that you can't really afford. So when we talk about whey, um, there's two different types. We've got whey concentrate and whey isolate. So whey concentrate is about 60% protein, and then the rest kind of comes from different minerals, some water, and some carbohydrates. So this one's great if you are actually looking to add a little bit more calories um, into your diet and you're trying to actually gain a bit of weight. Now isolate is about 90% comes from protein. So a little bit of a leaner kind of whey shake. Great if you're trying to just maintain your weight or fat loss and you just wanted to look at building some muscle. Then we've got casein. So casein is digested a lot slower so it's probably not um, as great as whey in the daytime, but a good time to have casein might be late at night before you go to bed when we enter in a period of quite a sustained fast as we're going to sleep for like hopefully eight hours, maybe not if you're me, I tend to get about five or six, Um, but in that period we're obviously not taking anything in and muscle protein breakdown will be happening a bit more than it is through the day, so it might be best to have some of that slow digesting protein, but it's not something you should worry about at all. Um, so hopefully that clears up some things around protein powder. If you want to go and look for some, websites like myprotein.com or bulk powders, you can get them really, really cheap, or even like Home Bargains and B&M, they sell their own brand. There's not really much difference in it, and I wouldn't go spending mega, mega bucks on a whey protein powder because they all pretty much do the same thing. Cool, so next on the list is vitamin D. We all love the D. In fact, most of us don't get enough D, let's be honest. Um, So vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. So when you're taking vitamin 
um, D, as you all should be if you're a client of mine. It's probably optimal to have it with some fats in your diet because that's going to increase its absorption. But again, don't stress about it. If you're just going to take it in the morning because that's when you remember to take it, then that's fine. Now, vitamin D has loads and loads of benefits, namely... It improves your immune function, which is obviously a massive, massive focus at the moment with the whole COVID-19 situation. It improves your bone health. It can improve strength. It can also help with some symptoms of depression, which is super interesting. Um, and because it's relatively difficult to get enough vitamin D through our diet, I think to hit the recommended daily amount in your diet, you'd need to eat like the equivalent of 143 eggs. So it's probably best to get yourself a supplement. You can get it from Tesco, you can get it from Sainsbury's, any old supermarket. And you want to aim for about 400 IUs per day. You can take a little bit more if you want to. You could go up to two tablets. They tend to come in like 400 or 500 IU tablets. And take a couple of days if you want to, especially between the months of October and April where we don't get any sun because um, sun is obviously another source of vitamin D for us. So in the summer it's not something that we really need to worry about but definitely in the winter it's something that you want to be looking to um, supplement with. So that's vitamin D. If you're not taking vitamin D I would highly 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 recommend that you go out get your hands on some tablets and start taking that every day. Then we've got fish oils. Now, fish oils is a really interesting one and something I'm looking into at the moment um, or trying to be more mindful around my intake. If you're somebody who has a really low intake of oily fish, you don't really eat a lot of like mackerel and salmon, stuff like that, 100% you want to be supplementing with a fish oil. Again, if finances allow, but you can get fish oils fairly cheap. So there's loads and loads and loads of benefits to fish oils. They are anti-inflammatory anti-hypertensive, so really good if you've got high blood pressure. They also have been shown to improve symptoms of depression. Interestingly, they help with what's called anabolic resistance in the elderly. So if you've got older family members that don't eat a lot of oily fish, you maybe want to um, recommend that they start to supplement. Anabolic resistance is basically the muscle sensitivity to a stimulus. So the stimulus would be either resistance training or having protein in the diet. Um, anabolic resistance tends to be the decline in that sensitivity and it's harder for older people to either maintain their muscle mass or um, to build muscle. And we also know that muscle is super, super important for our health, especially when you get older and you're more susceptible to like falls and breaks and stuff like that. So definitely something I recommend to my older family members. Um, it can help facilitate weight loss. In some studies, it's been shown to help. Obviously, that's alongside other things. It's not on its own. It can reduce stress. In some studies that looked at women that were in really, really stressful jobs, it reduced some of their feelings of stress. Um, and it can reduce your kind of risk of cardiovascular disease because it's got the kind of hyper anti-hypertensive, anti-inflammatory um, properties. It's also considered a nutraceutical in that it has been used to either prevent or treat the early onset of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So it's really good for cognitive function and this is why I've been a little bit interested in it recently because somebody sent me some samples as they've seen that I've been talking about my ADHD. Now fish oil intake has been linked to um, helping with some symptoms of ADHD and obviously if you know what ADHD is it is all about your cognitive function and your ability to concentrate on the task at hand. Um, so for me I've really started to hone in on that 
and I've been making sure that I get the daily amount that I should be getting, if not more. So you want to be looking at around a thousand milligrams a day. Uh, if you get your bog standard fish oil tablets, most of them are a thousand milligrams. So you can take one or even two a day if you want to. Um, and that's going to help with all the things that I've just spoken about. Also, if you're feeling like you're not really recovering well from training, if you're someone that trains, or you're feeling like your joints are a little bit achy, um, vitamin D and fish oils are definitely going to be your go-to supplements to help with that. So that's your fish oil. If you don't take one, go out and try it. Then the last one I'm going to speak about is creatine. Now, this one's more for the gym goers, um, but some interesting research around elderly people and cognitive function as well. So... Creatine is a natural compound that is present in us already. So it's in most of our living tissue, in our muscles, and it's involved in supplying energy to muscles for contraction. So if you're someone that goes to the gym, you probably want to be looking at uh, supplementing creatine. Now, creatine has been shown to have so many different benefits in terms of increased endurance, increased strength, increased uh, power output. It also helps with recovery. Um, so... You want to be looking at around five grams a day is like maintenance intake or if you're just starting to take it you can either take five grams a day it will take around 30 days for the muscle muscles to be fully saturated um, otherwise you can load it which is going to be 20 grams a day so four servings of five grams a day for a week and then you're going to get that um the same effect that you'd get over the month. Now, if you want to stop taking creatine, it will take about a month for it all to be out of your system and you'll be back to your baseline creatine levels. Um, but also, creatine has been shown to improve cognitive function, again, like your fish oils. It also helped people that were sleep deprived with their performance. So people that took creatine but were sleep deprived actually performed as well as those that weren't sleep deprived. So that's a really interesting one. And then when we look at the elderly again, uh, it has been shown to help with what we call sarcopenia. So sarcopenia is the kind of reduction in muscle mass that we see as we get older. So it helps with that. That's going to go hand in hand with your fish oils for your anabolic resistance. So if you're going to recommend that your grandparents or older relatives do anything, go and get them some fish oils and some creatine. Get them on the gains. Um, just one thing to point out, there is such a thing as non-responders to creatine. So there's people out there that take creatine and they don't see any of the effects that you normally see. Um, also, because creatine is taken up in the muscles, it does tend to um, increase water intake in the muscles. So you may find that your weight may go up a little bit or it may stay the same if your goal is fat loss. Um, and it might take a little while to stabilise, but once it's stable, then you'll be able to go back to monitoring your weight effectively. But it's just something to look out for, that it will obviously increase your water, water retention. And that is it for today. So kind of four key things there. You've got whey protein, if and when you need it. You've got vitamin D, fish oils, and creatine. I hope that's helpful for you. Um, I'm going to put this in the group and hopefully get it on Spotify and then you guys can go back and listen to it when you're out and about in your day. If you've got any questions off the back of this, please feel free to pop it in the group and I will see you on your next episode and instalment of the Our Society podcast where we will be talking about some other supplements and some other BS. I'm not going to say the word but we'll just call it BS. Um, have a great day and I will catch you all soon. Bye!